Hi, and welcome to the City of Roseville podcast, Roseville Connections. I'm Megan McPherson, Director of Public Affairs and Communications for the City of Roseville. We're here with Chief Rick Barty, who is Roseville's fire chief, but also one of the leaders of three FEMA urban search and rescue incident support teams in the nation. And Chief, you've been deployed to so many disasters around the country, most recently returning from back-to-back hurricanes in Houston and in Puerto Rico, and that was before the latest hurricane to hit Puerto Rico. Can you tell us a little bit about your work with FEMA? You know, when I came to Roseville, I was already elected as the uh, National Task Force Rep for the uh, 28 urban search and rescue teams that are spread out throughout the country, eight of which are in California themselves, which comprises over 6,000 members. It works through the program office in, in FEMA as far as urban search and rescue goes. Um, recently, I responded to uh, Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma in Puerto Rico as the incident support team leader, which is the team that goes out that manages the overhead of those task forces, make sure that they get the support that they need so they can do the work, and also does the uh, incident command and control piece for them in a community that is impacted by the storm. So what does that mean to a person who's in those communities? What are you doing and providing? What kind of services? Those teams are made up of mostly firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, doctors, canine handlers and structural engineers. And we also have the ability for swift water rescue, still water rescue, building collapse and uh, um, breaching and breaking along with uh, stabilization. The medical piece that we come to bring to bear. Most of those teams bring about 80 personnel with them. So when we respond to those, we have the ability to manage any situation that may be occurred in a natural disaster or uh, weapons of mass destruction disaster. We're also set up for that with chemical hazmat specialists that also come with our team. And so with that being said, we're there to manage whatever the issue may be. In some areas, like right now in Puerto Rico, as things have calmed down in Puerto Rico on the search and rescue piece, our guys can move over to, since they're in theater and they are available, since we did this in Hurricane Sandy in New York City of all places, we, we switch over to a humanitarian effort. What can we do to go do some uh, welfare checks on folks who, are, who haven't been heard from for a while? How can we assist the community, whether it's, uh, we had one task force here recently, just yesterday, went in and helped them get their power back up on their generators that could run for the hospital that they had there and keep the folks there. But during the disaster, whether there's water, still water, or swift water, we have the ability to get in there and go evacuate folks and, and assist in that. Currently, we have a team right now in uh, Mexico from Los Angeles, which is one of our urban search and rescue teams dealing with that building collapse and disaster that's going with on the earthquake. there. earthquake. With the earthquake, yes. So just like to look at the fire department, I look at them as the Swiss Army knife for the FEMA system itself. FEMA is, you know, made up of folks who come in to do the response piece, which is search and rescue, life saving, saving like we do, and they also have teams there for recovery that bring in the commodities, food and power and equipment that they need to get that city stabilized or location stabilized, what they need to be at. So with that being said, you know, uh, we're still in Puerto Rico. You know, uh, we have people in Mexico doing rescues there, and we're trying to get them back home as the the economy can get back to what they need to do to take care of themselves. How long are those deployments that you're sent on for FEMA? Generally, most disasters, you want to call it a disaster, like a hurricane or a tornado, um, can last, you know, up just you know, 10 or 12 days where you get in there and then you get them back up on their feet. Coming into Houston, there's 4,000 firefighters in the city of Houston itself, over 6,000 police officers. And so our team came in there with about 1,000 folks, came in there to help them stabilize. They were affected by it just like anybody else was. You know, they uh, lost fire apparatus, they lost fire stations, some of their own members lost their own homes. So we can come in there and do the rescues 
for them. We can uh, get them back up on their feet to wake us to a level where they can now manage it themselves and then we can pull out. Sometimes they can be extended. New York City, we were there for over two months. We rotated teams through there, through the rubble, because we did it piece by piece as we were looking for survivors or for remains of the, uh, the folks who were there. One of our task forces was New York Task Force One, who had over 343 firefighters pass away in the towers themselves. And I happened to be blessed this uh, in October, I mean, this last uh, deployment here in Puerto Rico on September 11th, having New York Task Force One with me uh, down there in Puerto Rico and having them on a day that meant so much to them of the, all the friends and family that they lost those days. You were with them on September 11th. September 11th this past year. Where we were able to honor those folks at that time and have the break to give them the opportunity to express themselves in as any way they needed to while they were there. Um, so with that being said, with, throughout the year, I deal with the task forces on their behalf to make sure they get the budget, the funding that they need, get the equipment that they need, and the training is continuing throughout the year, just like any other fire department would be. You know, and I testify in front of Congress and have testified in front of Congress and prepared testimony in front of Congress on the budging just for urban search and rescue. What is some of the most poignant experiences that you've had or some things that have, have moved you? that you've been involved in in some of these disasters? Well, and, you know, some of the disasters, of course, 9-11. You know, having gone there myself and spent 16 days on the pile and knowing that by the time we got there, um, we were actually targeted towards um, some targeted searches where they knew where the stairwells were, where they knew where the firefighters were, and we did spend our time a lot there while we were there recovering the firefighters or, the, or what we could find of them while we were there. Hurricane Katrina. To go into a city that is so devastated, you know, similar to Houston, but Hurricane Katrina, they had more deaths, where people who just couldn't leave, you know, they had them, didn't have the means, didn't have the transportation, didn't have anywhere to go, so they did stay. And a lot of folks did pass away because of that. To know that there's just some areas in our country that are still that way, that um, uh, still need help all year round, whether it's a disaster or not, it's still there and we need to realize that. How do you deal with that? As a, this is this is your profession to deal with this kind of personal challenges, just the most significant devastation a lot of people experience in their life. How do you deal with that personally? Well, usually at the end of the day, just like what's going on in Puerto Rico right now, I know that I have over four hundred uh, responders there for their search and rescue program, and that they know that they can switch over at any time now that it's settling down and do the humanitarian piece. You know, where they're either helping them. Uh, get power, getting food, getting water, getting all that stuff all back up and running before they leave to know that they truly did make a difference. And then some of the parts where we do make a difference is when we do recover somebody or we remove somebody from something, this is the joy that comes with that and the families that we've uh, you know, made a difference when we were there. Thank you, Chief, for sharing those experiences with us. And we're really proud to have you serving the rest of the country in that capacity. We've been talking to Rick Barty, Roseville's fire chief. There are several other ways to connect to your city. We have multiple accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Nextdoor. We also have free electronic newsletters on different topics, including job openings, public safety news, city events, and more. Go to roseville.ca.us connect to sign up. Again, I'm Megan McPherson. Thanks for listening.